I want to talk about, amen, empowered, amen, clearing up the controversy, amen? So if you have your Bibles, go to John chapter 16, amen. Uh, I want to look at verse 7 and verse 8 today, amen? If you stand for the reading of God's word. Just a little background, Jesus is getting, Jesus is telling his disciples, hey, listen, y'all, I'm going to leave his place. And they're like, well, why, where are you going? <laughs> we like you, we like being in your presence. We prefer you stay <laughs> and set up your kingdom so that we don't have to worry about all this stuff. We want you, we want somebody we can follow. Jesus said, oh, no, I, I can't do that. The reason I can't do that because there's a plan that God has. Amen. And so let's go there. John chapter 16, beginning in verse 7. He says, but I tell you the truth. It is to your what? Advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, watch this, the, the what? The helper will not what? Come to you. But if I go, I will send him where? To you. And watch this, and when, and he, when he comes, will convict the what? The world concerning what? Sin and righteousness and judgment. I want to talk about this morning empowered. Amen? Come on, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, I pray now that you'd have your way. Lord, I ask that you'd, you would be the speaker today. Fill me afresh, Holy Spirit, and allow me to preach with clarity, conviction, and power. Touch the hearts and the minds of your people now, and allow them to leave this place different than when they come in. Came in, in Jesus' name, amen, and thank God. You may be seated in the presence of God. Last week, I laid a framework for you, an introduction as to who the Holy Spirit is, who he is. I told you, number one, the moment that you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are baptized and sealed until the day of redemption with the Holy Spirit. You know, that's good news because in this journey, we can feel as in this life that we're all alone. I don't know about you, but there's been moments where I felt like I was all by myself. And God knew that we would experience trials and tribulations and trouble. And, and I told you last week that what Jesus did, what God, in God's plan, he knew that we could not live this Christian life on our own merit. That we needed something more powerful than ourselves in order to live the Christian life. You know, I don't know about you, but I've seen, I've, I've often, before I was a Christian, I used to ask myself a question. Why, why are these people, why, why do they go to church every Sunday? I, I, don't, I don't get that. I don't understand why they would go into a place every Sunday. Why? Why do they, why are they so loud? Why, you know, why, why do they sing so loud? And why, you know, why, you know, and I had a lot of questions as a Christian, as a non-believer. 
But now as a believer, I understand what it is. I, I realize that when you look at what you've been through in your life, come on somebody, and you, when you think about what God has done for you, you have a reason to be happy. You have a reason to rejoice. You have a reason to say, man, I, man I'm, I'm excited too. And the one thing about God is that he understood that we could not do this Christian life by ourselves. That we needed something bigger than us. That we needed something so miraculous that it had to be not, it had to be like God. I was going to say God-like, but it had to be a God-like thing inside of us that would really change us. Because when I look through the Old Testament and I see the children of Israel, they had the word of God, they had the voice of God, they had the presence of God, but what would they do? They would always go back to disobeying God. Then I look at the New Testament, I look at the disciples, I said, man, they walked with Jesus, they talked with Jesus, they were empowered, come on somebody, they were empowered by Jesus. Watch this, Peter walked on water. And who was the first person to deny Jesus? Judas and then Peter. Amen. And so God knew that when Jesus, first of all, Jesus had to die. Amen. I'll establish this in a minute. He had to die so that we would live. Come on, somebody. He had to pay the price on Calvary's cross for our sins so that you and I would have a chance to live in eternity. Do I have anybody? Because when you understand that man was born in sin, shaped in iniquity, he had no chance Listen, by myself, I had no chance. But oh, when I met Jesus. Listen, listen, listen. I have a chance now. I have a chance. I have an opportunity, amen, to live a different life. But what do you see today, saints? We see a lot of controversy. We see a lot of quarrels. We see a lot of people divided in the body of Christ about who the Holy Spirit is. I had a guy told me, uh, in another country say, well, you're not saved because you don't speak in tongues. How can you make that claim? How can you know for sure? Well, when I search the scripture, but it's a misinterpretation of the scripture. And so what I want to do today, being that we already have the context, I want to lay out for you or clear up a little bit of this controversy. One of the things I told you last week, I told you that the disciples, if you look at verse 1 of chapter 16, it says Jesus was explaining to his disciples what was about to happen. He said, these things I've spoken to you so that you may be, you may be kept from what? Stumbling. They will make you outcasts in the what? From the synagogues. But an hour is coming for everyone who kills you to think what? That they that he is what? Offering a service to God. Now what Jesus was doing was preparing them for what was to come. And he was telling them that this Christian journey, oh, I wish I had somebody. It's not about, it's, it's, it's not an easy journey. 
you will have difficulty. And any preacher that stands and tells you it's going to be great every day, he's not telling you the truth. And Jesus is telling his disciples, how many are you going through some stuff? <laughs> how many you been through some stuff? Let me. Amen. And watch this. But you've made it this far only by the grace of God. And, and watch this. And the power of the Holy Spirit residing inside of you. Here's one, here's one thing I want to clear up. Don't ever think you can lose the Holy Spirit. I said that last week. You can lose the filling. Okay? The filling is temporary. But watch this. The sealing is permanent. Amen. And so as a result of that, what you need to do every day, not every now and then, is to plug in. Now, I used an illustration at the seminary the other day. I said, no longer am I going to use the gas illustration. So when you're filled with the Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, it's kind of like putting gas in your car. You can go, right? But then at a certain point, what happens? You run out of gas. And then you start praying. Right? And you start saying, oh, God, please, please, if you just let me make it till Friday. <laughs> Payday's coming. <laughs> hey, somebody know what I'm talking about about that. Hey, man, I, boy, we only, have so, we only have so much gas, and we need prayer now to get into this fumes, and we can make it on for the rest of the week. But watch this. Watch this. What I like about the electric car. Come on, somebody. There are a couple things about the electric car I like. I like the convenience of it. Because the one thing you have to do with an electric car is that when you pull up at home, you have to plug in. I wish I had somebody. I, listen, you know, when you pull up in a car with gas, you know, you can leave it in the garage for two, three days and pray. <laughs> but with an electric car, the convenience is it's at home. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Come on, somebody. Right? And then what, then what else? Then I can plug up into the what? The source. Come on, somebody. And see, what happens to a lot of believers is that they think that they could just come to church on Sunday and be filled for the rest of the week without recharging. <laughs> come on, somebody. If you don't read your Bible... <laughs> If you don't pray, if you don't come to Bible study, if you don't praise and worship God and, and give it all over to God, how are you expected to live a spirit-filled life? And so that's one of the things that we have to remind ourselves is that you're going to have troubles. Jesus did not sit back and tell these disciples, hey, everything's going to be good, y'all. And guess what? You're going to have the Holy Spirit and guess what's going to happen? You can do great things. He did tell them throughout scripture. He says, greater works will you do than I. That's what Jesus told them. Jesus also told them that you will have so much power in you. Watch this. That you will be able to pick up scorpions and, you know, all, you know tell that whole list that he gave them, right? But watch this. Watch this now. The, 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 Jesus was telling them that you have that power. But you need to access that power in order to do what you need to do. Now watch this. You find yourself in life right now. And you're trying to do things in your power. Come on, somebody. Listen, your past may have been a little uh, suspicious. 
Come on, somebody. Your, your present may look a little bit, amen, dim or dismal. Amen. Your, 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 your current situation is telling you, man, I can only do this or I can only do that. But I want to tell you something. We serve a God that in spite of what we've done, I told you about Saul. Remember we remember we spent about a couple weeks with Saul. Saul was a man who had who was on the total opposite tracks of, of life. But yet God took that man and used him. But watch this. He was used because he was available. He was accessible. Come on somebody. And he was willing, watch this. To allow the Holy Spirit to direct the course of his life. Can I ask you a question this morning? How do you know that the Holy Spirit is leading you? How do you know it's the Holy Spirit that's taking you in the direction that he... How do you know that you feel? These are good questions. And I'm hoping to answer these questions within this series. But, but Jesus said to his disciples, he broke the news to them. And he says, listen, uh, they're going to kill you, man. <laughs> I don't know about you, but this isn't good news. He says, everyone who kills you to think that he's offering service to God, he says, these things they will do because they did not know the Father or me. Let me say this. When you don't know Jesus... You'll do some crazy stuff. Come on, somebody. When you don't know God, when you don't really know, you've got to know Jesus in order to know God. And if you don't know Jesus, you will think that you're doing something for God. Come on, somebody. All the while you're doing it for the devil. Watch what he says. He says, these things, he says, verse 4, he says, but these things I've spoken to you so that when they're when their hour comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And you know what happened when Jesus said this? Later on when it happened to him, because guess what? All the disciples died a very vicious death except for John. Amen. Beheaded, hung. I mean, just all, all, all slaughtered. Most of all of them died as a martyr. But they remembered these words. Of Jesus, but one of the things that they remembered about their life and the reason why they were able to go forward, saints, I want to talk to somebody this morning. You are, you feel stuck, but you have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. And you are empowered, you just have to access the power. You have to plug in. You have to get connected to the source so that you can triumph over the circumstances and situations that you find yourself in. So look what, look what he says in verse 7. I have three things I'll give you today. First of all, I, I see the promise of the Holy Spirit. But in verse 7, so the first thing I see is the promise of the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 7, look at verse 7, he says, But I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Now, here's the thing. The disciples wanted to be with Jesus. 
they really, listen, they wanted him there with him, with them. They didn't want him to leave. And, and they were grieving at this point. And then Jesus said, listen, it is to your advantage that I what? That I go away. He says, to your advantage, I go away. So the first thing I see here, the second thing I see here in this passage, not only do I see the priority of, I mean, I'm sorry, the promise of the Holy Spirit, the second thing I see is the priority of what? Of his coming. What was the priority of the Holy Spirit's coming? Jesus was leaving the earth to leave us right now, you and I. Right now. He says it's to my advantage. Listen, we, I would love to have walked. How many would have loved to have walked with Jesus? How many really would have like, man, listen, I would love to walk with him, right? Jesus said, I know that's what you want. But God has a plan. And there's a priority here that's at hand. This is chapter 16 couple more chapters he's hanging on the cross and when Jesus hung on the cross not only did he defeat death come on watch this but he introduces to us now the Holy Spirit and we live in a day now this day that we live in that the moment that the believe or the unbeliever accepts Jesus Christ Immediately he receives the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. You can't live your Christian life on your own. He knew this. Now let me just give you the characteristics of the priority here. First of all, the Holy Spirit is God. Number one. Number two, the Holy Spirit wrote the word of God. Oh, I wish I had somebody. Number three, the Holy Spirit was there when God created the universe. So he knows all things. Come on, somebody. The next thing is that the Holy Spirit imparts gifts inside of you. Some of us, listen, you have some gifts. God, when he saved you and he put the Holy Spirit inside of you, he placed some gifts inside of you. It's very important that you discover what those gifts are. I'm not talking about singing. All right? So there are some gifts that he's given you because when he saves you, and he places you in the body of Christ, he gives you those gifts so that you can start working in the area where God had already envisioned you in. All right? So whatever those gifts are, with, with your development, you discover them, and then you start using them for his glory. But here's where the Holy Spirit really works. In our everyday life. That's where we have the struggles. Some of us are struggling with anger. 
Oh, well, oh, 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 yeah, let me, let me. Let, you want me to go down the list? Some of us are struggling, amen, with, with negative thinking. Some of us are struggling with what we call depression, but it's really sin. Some of us are struggling with fear. Some of us struggling with doubt. Some of us struggling with so many things that we're at the we're at a breaking point in our lives. But God says it's Jesus said it's to my advantage. It is to your advantage that I go away. Watch this. Because I'm introducing the one who can help you. You see what God in God's plan, in God's scope, in God's plan, he knew that I couldn't live this Christian life on my own. He knew that reading my Bible is one thing, but actually living it out is something different. You see, I know that I'm spirit-filled because there are times when I don't want to do it. Come on, somebody. You're like, I just don't want to do it. I don't want to pray. I, I'd rather go drink me something. I'd rather me go do something. Hey, 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 all right, okay, all right. You sanctified folk, I'm just... Listen, listen, you you rather do things on your own, am I right? But there's something that steps, something that says, there's a little voice inside, you say, oh, no, you shouldn't do that. You, sh- you shouldn't do that. You, sh- you know if you do that, what's going to happen. Remember last time you did that? Amen. Now you're paying child support. You got about three, four kids. Am I right about it? You, you remember that last time? When, when the Holy Spirit told you, look, don't you go there. <laughs> Amen. And now you yoked up for life. <laughs> Amen. See, that because he knew we would struggle. And what Jesus was doing, even though he was in the presence of these men, he knew that when he empowered them, it was temporary. So he had to, listen, let me say this to you. In order for something great to happen, it has to die. In order for the seed to sprout up the tree, come on somebody, what, what, what needs to happen? It has to what? It has to die. And Jesus had to die for the priority of his coming. Had Jesus not died, had he been selfish? Had he said, you know what? No, I ain't, I, 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 I ain't going. I, shoot, I, man, please. Would you, would you, can I say something? Would you do what he did? Beaten. Spit on. Nailed on a cross. Amen. So that you would be saved, but that you would have God inside of you. Oh, I wish I had somebody. Can I, can I tell you something? The Spirit of God was the same God that was in Jesus. The Spirit of God that I'm talking about that's inside of you, I'm trying to tell you something. You have more potential than you can even imagine. I want to say something to you. You, you may be dead spiritually, but you better come alive if you're saved. This, this should be shouting messages right here where you are excited about the fact that I have God in me. I have the spirit of God inside of me. And when I read the word, let me tell you something. When I wasn't saved, 
I would look at this book. I would read Psalm 27 and that's it. This book meant nothing to me. Absolutely nothing. But when I got saved and when God placed his spirit in me, I was able to look at it and said, wow, is that what that means? Come on, somebody. Man should not live by bread alone. Come on, somebody. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And I'm trying to tell you, saints, you don't have to be super spiritual to be filled with the Spirit of God. All you have to do is plug in. You don't need to speak in tongues and fall on the ground and walk around here with oil on your head and all that. Listen, all you have to do is ask him. Holy Spirit, fill me. Fill me today. I want to cuss. Yes, fill me. I want to give up. Yes, but fill me. And listen, when you're in tune with the Spirit, when you go to cuss, you'd be like, uh, <laughs> you're going to get right to the point where you're about to throw it out and you're like, uh, The more you read the word, the more discernment you get, the more spiritual you become. Watch this, watch this. God will begin to open doors, but you're going to recognize who opened those doors and you'll know which ones to walk in and which ones not to because the Holy Spirit will guide you. I see the priority of his coming. He needed to come. But watch what else I see here. The text says, but I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage I go away. Watch what he says. He says, the helper will not come to who? You. But if I what? If I go, I will what? I will send him to who? I want to just stop and write there where it says send. So the next thing I see, not only the priority, but I see the purpose for his coming. What is his purpose? Helper. Now don't get it twisted. He is not your cosmic bellboy. Well, you just ring the bell and you're talking about, hey, come bring me that. The word helper in the Greek, the word means counselor. One who comes to your aid. You see, you've had help all this time, you just didn't know it. You see, you, you've been, you, listen, you thought you were all alone. You thought that you were by yourself. But he says, I, I send him, I have to go away. But the purpose for his coming is that he's your helper. Come on here, let me show you something. This is this is this is the word. This is the word in the Greek, paraclete, in the Greek. And the moment I accept Christ, He comes alongside me. This is what this is the picture. The word para, the word para means against. All right. The word cleat means alongside. So when you put the two together, you have parakaleo. He's alongside me. For the journey. I'm trying to help somebody. Listen, listen, listen. You're not alone. You may feel alone. 
You may feel like everybody has turned their backs on you. You may feel as if family has left you, or friends have left you, but you're not alone because everywhere you go, everywhere you go, you have a paraclete. Everywhere you go. And guess what he does? As a counselor, go ahead and whisper in my ear. Right. What'd you say? Okay, now I don't want to do that. And, 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 and now I want you to pull back a little bit. I don't want to do... And, and he's going he's gonna to do that for a little bit. And then when you yank, he said, all right, let's go. So here we are. We're in the club. <laughs> we, we, up, we, up in that, we up in there now. We, yeah, we're there. And he's with you. But now he's still with you. But he's at a distance. He's still there. But because we've grieved him, you're not sensitive, so say something from over there. See? I can't hear him. And so because I can't hear him, right, I go on and I start living like I used to live. I start doing stuff like I used to do. I get mad, I get upset. But but watch this. Come on, he's still there. He's still there. We walking. We but but look look where I'm at now. Look what's happening now. I'm in front of him. Rather than him on my side. And at some point, the Holy Spirit will convict you to the point where you say, you know what? I need to repent. Thank you. I need to repent. And the only way to get back in fellowship with him is to repent. Is to say, God, please forgive me. Holy Spirit, I've grieved you. Somebody here today, I want to tell you something. He's in you. And listen, when you come up under that conviction, stop looking at people. It's you. I'm going somewhere with this. It's you. God is dealing with you every step of the way. He's not dealing with nobody else. He's dealing with you. So when you don't do what you're supposed to do and you get angry at everybody else and blame them, then you need to look at you, take another look at yourself and say, what, has the, what is the Holy Spirit trying to teach me? His purpose, his sole purpose, one of his sole purpose is to be your helper. Oh, I thank God for that. I thank God that I'm not by myself. I thank God that sometimes when I really, really want to start thinking negative, when I, when I really want to just say, you know what, I'm done. When I'm, you know, when, when, when they persecute me, when Jesus said, listen, when they do all that stuff, guess what? You have someone. You're not alone. Listen, listen, the word, the word for, for helper also means one who mediates on your behalf. One who, one who encourages you. See, the Holy Spirit is in you. And he can empower you. People walk around talking about, I'm depressed. There's no depression for the believer. You know what it is? It means that you're living in sin. And when you're doing the opposite of what he's telling you, listen, if you really get to understand who he is, now, 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 let me get to that. Let me get to that. Let me get to that. Verse 7, he says, and I will what? I will send him. Now, watch this. I will what? I will send who? To who? <clears throat> now, look at, look at verse 8, just the beginning. And he, when what? 
he come. Stop right there. Now, what, what do you see there? It says, I will send who? Him. So what does that suggest to you about who Jesus is talking about? He's talking about the Holy Spirit, right? What is what is what does him and he suggest? Oh, I thought it was a ghost. I thought it was an it. And some people, when they refer to the Holy Spirit, they refer to him as an it. But it's who? It's a he and it's a him. And it's a capital H. You see that? You, uh, you see that? So that means that he's what? He's God. Now watch this. If he is a him, what does that mean? He has a personality. He has a will. He has a what? A purpose. And because he's God. Oh, y'all about to hear me today. He lives in you today. And he wants, what do, what do humans want with each other? Relationship. So can I ask a question? When was the last time you spoke to the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you? Now, some folk will say you're crazy. Because you're talking to yourself. But you're not talking to yourself. You're talking to the God that's inside of you that the Bible says that he is in me. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. He's in me. So what I want to suggest that you start doing every day is develop a relationship, a conversation with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he has a purpose. But not only do I see his pur the purpose of his coming, but the third thing I see, I see the person that came. Come on, somebody. He is a spirit and he lives inside of us. And no matter where you go, you cannot shake him. You may grieve him, but you can't shake him. You may run from doing what you're supposed to do. Some of us do that. Some of us have been doing that. We don't want to, we don't want to accept our calling. Some of you have been called to preach. Some of you have been called to teach. Some of you have been called to serve. Some of you have been called to lead. And guess what? You keep running in the all kinds of directions other than the direction that God wants you to run in. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you what's going to happen eventually. Eventually, you're going to run right into that wall and flat on your back. And guess what? While laying there flat on your back, you're going to say, God, all right, I'm going to do what you asked me to do. So keep on running. But at some point, you're going to surrender. And I want to encourage you today that you are empowered. The person that lives in you is real. And he has, listen, he has feelings. The Bible says we can grieve him. He says, do not get drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. Amen. I'm going to get into that. I'm going to show you how to be filled. Right? But watch this. It also says, it also says this. Do not quench the spirit. That is to grieve him. So we're not going to live a perfect life. But we sure enough can live a spirit filled life. And when you're spirit filled, coming to church is no problem. That's easy. You know why? 
Because when you come here, we are corporately in his presence now. Come on, Holy Spirit. Help me here. And if the preacher is not preaching with the Spirit, you can tell. Can you not tell? You can tell when he's in himself. You can tell when the teacher is not filled when he's in himself. But when you're filled with the Spirit. Your spirit and my spirit can collide and the Holy Spirit is in this place right now transforming you. Through what? The written word. That's why when you hear the word, when you hear preaching, you got to make sure it's the word and not just words. Because the word was inspired by God. Watch this. Who wrote the word of God? The Bible says men... Moved by the Holy Spirit, spoke from God. So it's God breathed by way of the Holy Spirit. I got one more point. I'm going to sit down. Watch this. Let, let me tell. Let me tell you what kind of person he is. Okay. Number one, he gives direction. Number two, he transforms. Number three, he encourages. Number four, he empowers the Christian. And number five, he sanctifies. Now, knowing that I have, you have, you and I, we have something greater than ourselves inside of us. What are we going to do? We got to make a decision on that. Watch this now. Watch this now. Now, he says... I will send him to you, right? And, he, and when he comes, look what it says he'll do when he comes. Watch the text. It says, and when he comes, he will what? He will convict the world concerning, next week, week after I'll deal with this, concerning what? Sin, righteousness, judgment. I mean, I'm like, the next thing I see is not only the person that came but watch this the power that he came with I say this to you you don't have to live in sin your circumstance right now may look very dim but you serve a powerful God. And I thank God today that he left us. He says, I'm not leaving you alone. You know, when you feel like you're alone, you're not alone. If you were in tune, if you were filled, if you were truly filled with the Spirit and say, Lord, show me direction. Guide me, Lord. Am I making the right decisions? Am I really, am I empowered by you? Listen, how many of you saved here? Raise your hand if you're saved. You know you're saved. You really, really know you're saved. I want to tell you something. If you are saved, then that means that you have him. In you. Why am I confused? Why am I fighting? Why am I struggling? Because I'm not living in his power. 
Jesus says greater works that you will do. And you know what that greater work was? To evangelize. To bring the lost to, to Christ. Can I ask you something? Are you concerned about anybody else other than yourself? Amen. Because the Bible says that the Spirit is concerned about one thing. Glorifying God. Today as I close, I, there's a story in the book called Confronting Jezebel. St- you need to read it. It's a good book. Stephen Sampson writes about a lesson he learned watching the family cat. Steve writes, one afternoon as I was sitting on the deck, my attention was drawn to the cat. As always, it would spend its time in the back of the house stalking birds. I watched as the little sparrow ran ahead a few feet as our large gray cat stalked it. Suddenly, just when the cat was ready to pounce, the bird seemed to receive a revelation. Oh, I could fly. <laughs> he would run and run and run. And from the moment that the, the cat go to lunge in, he'd take off flying. He thought to himself, why did the, why did the cat, why did the bird wait so long to, to use, come on somebody, what he had? Steve says, believers also live in a higher dimension. We have to decide whether we will live in a complete earthbound realm. Come on somebody. When we're stalked and potentially defeated by the enemy, or if we will live in a higher reality. God has made the realm of living by the power of the Holy Spirit available to all believers. But only few of us access that power. Today you got to make a decision. You have potential to fly but you keep running. You have potential, a potential to go higher in God, but you keep running. But you have the ability to fly. Today will be a great day for you to renew your relationship with God, with the Holy Spirit. And if you